The Real Food Reel is proudly sponsored by Melrose Health. Founded in 1979, Melrose Health has been delivering improved health over three decades by developing natural, delicious and innovative health foods from the best natural and organic ingredients. Their healthy kitchen oils range has just launched and includes my favourites, liquid coconut oil, grass-fed ghee and avocado oil. Visit melrosehealth.com.au or check out at Melrose Health on Instagram to learn more. Welcome to The Real Food Real. I'm Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. We're shaking things up on the podcast and each week I am joined by our cast of experts, including Kirsty Worth, Phil Maffetone, Kale Brock, Ali McLean, Katie Pettuccini, and so many more leaders in the fields of real food, gut health, sports performance, holistic wellness, and optimizing your health, metabolism, and longevity. While you're tuning into today's episode, would you take a screenshot of your smartphone and share it on social media with the hashtag RealFoodReal? I'd absolutely love to know that you're tuning in. And while you're there, why not share this episode with a friend who also needs to hear our information goldmines and aha moments. Sharing the show means we can continue our mission of simplifying nutrition and showing the world that health starts with what you choose to put on your plate. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Real Food Real. In episode 231 of The Real Food Real, we are joined by Shanna Kennedy, Advanced Certified Coach through the International Coaching Federation and an NLP practitioner in Mind, Emotional and Business Matrix through Mind Power Global. In today's episode, you will learn the importance of self-care, why it is so crucial to be aligned with your values, why you need a life plan, and how you can drive change to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity. Hi, Shanna, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to be in, a, in an environment where we can share lots of tools and tips together. Absolutely. Really looking forward to myself and our listeners learning from you today. I'd love to set the scene with a little bit of your story in terms of, you know, how comfortable you feel sharing your personal health story and then we can move on to what you've done in the professional space. Absolutely. Yeah, my story is quite interesting because, you know, um, 30 years ago I was the workaholic, you know, the type A overachieving perfectionist and really wanted to work hard and become very, very successful and I had this incredible work ethic. But I didn't have any self-care skills or strategies whatsoever and was really a total FOMO, fear of missing out. So I went to everything as well as working. So for me, I, I didn't have that care um, or the knowledge or the education, I suppose. And so I, my job was amazing. It was working in corporate sport and I was working seven days a week because sport's always on the weekend. So you could never really switch off. And a lot of the time on the weekend, I'd go to sporting events. And my job was Jerry Maguire. It was buying and selling athletes for a, for a brand. And what an incredible job in your 20s that is. So negotiating contracts with you know our countries I had 200 of our country's best athletes so an amazing opportunity um, a thriving job 
all ended in chronic fatigue syndrome before the age of 30. And that was really, really depressing because my brain wanted to do everything and conquer the world and rise up, but my body just wouldn't keep up. So chronic fatigue, adrenal burnout, you know, probably for a year I was ignoring all of the signs and symptoms. You know, you'd have that really bad headache and yeah, but you still go out or you'd feel like you've sort of got a big hangover even though you haven't drunk anything, but you'd still push through. And I never allowed myself to rest because I thought rest would mean I was lazy. So it was a lot of it was my mindset really wasn't conducive to supporting my health and well-being. So chronic fatigue for me was in those days, they didn't even know really what it was or how to diagnose it and they still don't really. But, you know, I had all the symptoms of lupus and MS and AIDS and I had to go through a whole process of elimination for them to say, yep, you've got chronic fatigue. And that meant for me a year in bed where, you know, I couldn't read anything because my eyes would burn and I couldn't open a newspaper even or smell a newspaper because it would burn my nose and it still does today. I still can't read a newspaper today, um, 20 years later. And I really um, couldn't drive my car. I could hardly shower myself. I had to set goals all the time. Like, could I walk to the letterbox and back? Could I walk to the end of the street and back? It's a really long, horrible journey and one where you get quite depressed um, as well because you know, you're 30 and all your friends are going out and you can't move. So really challenging times. And in that time, I really had to stop and say, you know, what, what am I doing? Why am I working so hard? What am I trying to achieve here and at what cost? And it was the first time I actually stopped and said, you know, if I want longevity in my career, I need to put health and well-being at the top of the list because you can't have your career without your health and well-being. And I really then knew that it had to be number one. My number one value would have to be my health, mental, physical, emotional and spiritual. So I started on a whole new journey, which was, um, you know, daunting and exciting. And I started with a life coach to help me get through the depression and set some mini goals for myself that, you know, just helped me feel like I was having a win here and there. But it took about five years to recover and it's something I need to manage still today. So it's, it's, it's I don't know if you can ever fully recover. Um, I've, I've heard some people can. But for me personally, you know, I have two businesses, a marriage, a couple of teenagers, a dog. I travel nearly every week on a plane and I'm very fit and I need to manage my health. And that's my number one job every single day. Yeah, I think that's a really fascinating story and one I know a lot of people will relate to and I'm sure you've come across that yourself with the people that you now work with. Um, the world that we live in is, you know, it's it's busy and we're often overcommitting and unfortunately our health is then suffering as a result. You know, we also know that CFS is a spectrum. You know, it sounds like yours was quite a severe case for want of a better word with the duration of recovery and obviously the symptoms that you were facing in the acute phase so I guess it's wonderful that you that you've learnt the lesson because it's not something you want to have to learn twice you've learned no. of, of self-care <laughs> absolutely and and it was really in that time of being so unwell 
that I had to strip everything back. I, I had to pair everything back in my life, you know, my friendships that were toxic, um, you know, what, how I was spending my time, how much preparation and time and effort did I actually put into my health and well-being. And really, I had to put myself as the asset for the first time ever. Our job is what we do. It is not who we are. And when we see ourselves as the asset and the business of self is first and foremost, that's when we can start building a really wonderful, solid foundation for success and longevity and happiness and fulfillment in our life. So that was a really big lesson. And to show up and protect myself every day is still my number one, um, you know, point of call for the day, I think. And it was really in that time that I was thinking about my athletes because I was flat on my back. I was thinking, wow, you know, a lot of our athletes, they go from hero to zero overnight. So they're out competing. I was watching them win medals at the Olympics. And then they might be dropped from the team or they might get injured or we see our footballers all the time in our face getting injured or making a mistake and getting dropped from the team. And they really go from hero to zero overnight. And they didn't have a plan. They didn't have a plan for themselves. They didn't know who they were. They really were just their job. And they identified themselves as their job. You know, I'm Peter from Macquarie Bank or I'm you know, Peter who plays for St Kilda Football Club or, no, I'm, you know, so-and-so the Olympian. And I actually saw the other side of that when you take that label away and you haven't done the work to really build a wonderful, solid human being. And so... Having a life coach myself, I saw, wow, there was a big opportunity for me to go and study coaching and coach athletes into retirement. And there were no coaches in Melbourne, absolutely none, and nobody had ever heard of it. So I really was stepping into new waters um, and had to explain myself the whole time and really went through that glass ceiling here of building a business that no one had heard anything about before. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. Obviously, it would be really interesting for you now with the space. And, you know, when we get to it, I'd love to hear of your thoughts of the industry as a whole. But yeah, it sounds like you obviously had that real firsthand experience of, of having that guide and um, looking at how important it is to have those really strong foundations. Yeah, well, it was the first time that I really had someone sit down with me since, you know, maybe at school when you did careers counselling in year nine and say, well, who, who are you and, and what are you about and who are you without your job and who do you want to become and, and are you being the inspirational person that you want to be? And when you have someone sit with you and strategize and ask the tough questions, that's when the self-connection starts to happen because we find that everybody at the moment is on this treadmill and it's the same old, same old every day. You know, you go to work, you go home, you go to work, you go home, you might go to the gym, a bit of Netflix, but it's this treadmill hamster feeling because everything is so fast. And because technology has come in with such gusto, which is fantastic, it hasn't been bought in with any boundaries. So it's sort of like opening the liquor cabinet, but you can have it any time. There's no boundary around the phone. So people don't have any time now to stay connected with themselves. Reflection, no time to get lonely, no time to sit and really develop self. So having a life coach has become quite important because it's the one person that sits down and works on the business of you. 
in a really safe space where we can strategize properly. So I studied life coaching for two years uh, through the International Coaching Academy. And I think I was one of the first life coaches ever in Melbourne. And that would be uh, 20 years ago now. And it was really interesting because trying to get business when someone's like, what are you talking about? Who are you? And all my friends were like, what are you doing going from your Jerry Maguire job to being a life coach? Um, But I really became very passionate about it and I had firsthand experience and I saw a really big gap in the market coming for our athletes and nobody seemed to care about them after, after their career had finished. Yeah, we've seen that in so many examples and unfortunately it doesn't end pretty for a lot of people and you know obviously the the um the sports themselves have identified that and you would have seen it's quite different in 2019 versus what it was like 20 years ago but still something really missing a really missing key piece to the puzzle as to what they can do beyond that persona of being the world class athlete. Absolutely. So I became really passionate about coaching athletes into retirement. So I approached football clubs and it's really interesting. I I had a coffee the other day with an ex-AFL coach who actually wanted to take me out and apologise. He said, when you came to us, we weren't ready to hear it. We knew it, but we weren't ready to hear it because I was saying they need a life plan. They need a plan running alongside their football life to help them transition later on. And the earlier we can start your life plan, the better. And they just couldn't handle it. It was like too scary. We, ha- we don't know anything about it. And is it too woo-woo? You know, we're not sure. And now it's totally essential. So it's really interesting how much the world's changed where people now value health and well-being and don't think it's too hippie or anything like that. They actually see it's part of your strategy And it's a skill that's just as important as your time management skills and your marketing skills and your sales skills and everything else is really having your plan running properly. Getting your roadmap together is actually now essential because people just get so distracted and they're not getting to where they need to get to or it's coming at a cost. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's so essential and it's so great that it's so accepted. I'm sure that's got a lot to do with the the day and age that we live in, but it seems like a good time for me to ask the question. You know, obviously you've been in the space for 20 years and I can see um, from your resume that you've done an incredible amount of training and I just wonder what your thoughts are now on what the space looks like in that sort of life coaching area and the popularity of it in this day and age. Well, yeah, it's interesting. I sort of like to compare it a little bit to personal training. So, you know, when personal training came in, people said, well, why would you need someone to take you for a run when you can go for a run yourself? And I always thought if I run myself, I'm, I'm just, you know, I've got my own head that I'm working with. When I have a trainer next to me, I'm going to run faster. I'm going to get the education I need on how to breathe better and move my body better and I'm going to set better goals and they're going to encourage me. So I'm going to catapult my result to a whole new level than if I could do it on my own. And coaching's quite similar. So it's a little bit like personal trainers. You've got to shop around and find someone that you 
are inspired by and someone who you connect with and someone who's already doing what you want to be doing. So the first 10 years of my coaching career, I always had a life coach for myself because I always wanted to know what it felt like to be on the other side of the phone or on the other side of that, that conversation or that table to really upskill myself. So I'd get a speaking life coach and I'd get one who, you know, was into NLP and then I'd get some really tough ones and some really soft ones. And just to experience that, you know, your coach is an individual who's trained but got an individual style. So I think it is about shopping around and I think a lot of people probably don't do their homework properly and they're not checking out the coach, uh, looking at the coach's education and maybe just having a great phone call with the coach to really understand can that person help me. Yeah, I think it's a relationship like anything. It's the same that we share in the nutrition space. Like I think that they're that I'm the right nutritionist for some people and I'm not going to be the right nutritionist for everybody. And, you know, it's the same with the other practitioners on my team. We really try and, for want of a better word, like qualify our potential clients so they're with the right person for them. And I'm sure you've seen that along your journey with, yeah, building those relationships with your clients Mm -hmm. and and those that probably are more long-term clients of yours. Absolutely. So I've been coaching some CEOs of companies for 10 years and I'm I'm a part of their strategic team. And then I've got stay-at-home mums who, you know, we're really strategizing about how to make them feel fulfilled and they've got their dreams that they want to achieve. And it doesn't matter who you are, you know, if if you're ready for that support and that education, the inspiration, the motivation and the strategy... It's wonderful when I'm sure you have it with your nutrition is some people are really committed and they're going to listen to every word you say and they're going to get great results. And some people are sort of only half committed, but they feel good by coming to see you. So it's sort of, you'll get different results, but ultimately it is a relationship and that relationship has to be inspiring for both parties because it's also not great being a practitioner working with someone who really not committed at all because it's actually quite draining so as we go along we really do become good at working out if it's a good fit as a practitioner you'll be saying no I'm not the right person for you and I'll be saying to my client I'm not the right person for you because I'm really clear about strategy and direction and purpose and a life plan and that's why I wrote the book the life plan is I think every human should have a life plan running Um, it's their roadmap for life. It gives our brain something to really look forward to, to understand and to um, have that motivation to keep growing and evolving and flourishing. Without the plan, it's just sort of treading water. Yeah, right. That's fascinating. So that's obviously a big part of what you would do in your coaching session. So I'd just love for you to kind of outline a little bit more about how it would work and, um, yeah, what sort of, I guess, what sort of work you do with your clients within those mentoring sessions? Yeah, well, we always start with who are, who are you and what's the most important thing to you in your life. And a lot of people, you know, aren't quite sure. You know, they haven't asked themselves that question for a long time. So it's going back to the basics and building from the bottom and building a person up and redesigning their life and re-evaluating everything from the last time you did it in year nine 
you know, careers counselling. <laughs> yes. So, you know, oh, it's yeah. really good. Let's, yeah. let's just redo everything so that you can launch forward um, knowing that you're a bigger, better person and, you know, just because you're in this job and you fell into this job and you just followed your nose doesn't mean it's right. So we really do start from blank piece of paper and we always start with your values. So a lot of people know the company values that they work with, which is a beautiful framework for them to go and make decisions and do marketing for, etc. But if you're the asset, what are your own values? What sits in your belly? So we always go into that as my first point of call. Even with an elite athlete, they've got to go into their values, which they're the base of your emotional intelligence. And they're the gateway to your authentic self. And they're what sits in the bottom of your belly as your decision-making tool for the rest of your life. So if you don't know your values, then how do you know if you're making the right decision for yourself? You don't have the ability to say no if you don't know why you're saying no. So, you know, for example, you know, my number one is health, obviously. Health is um, not do I feel great every day. It is about what am I consciously doing to support the value of health, which is mental, physical, emotional and spiritual second one for me is family happiness and that doesn't mean is my family happy because I've got a couple of teenagers so that does not happen all the time but what that means is am I showing up being the best wife I can be am I fun am I inspiring because that's what was walking down the aisle 16 years ago am I still being that amazing person because if I'm not that's my responsibility and am I showing up being a warm and nurturing mum? Because that's, that's my job. Am I showing up being the best, most inspiring, educated coach that I can possibly be with my biggest listening ears on? Am I being a you know, warm and authentic friend to my friends? So that's my second job. So I need to really look at, am I really overcommitting? If I keep saying yes to everything, I can't be that person. So it allows me to say no. The third one for me is achievement because I am the achievement junkie. I'm the list ticker like no tomorrow and I keep putting more things on my list and I love it and it excites me and, yes, write, write another book and, yes, do another talk and go and do a TED talk and do this and do that. That's That sort of stuff comes easy for me and I like it because it's big achievement in my brain. But me preparing my food the night before so I eat correctly and me educating myself on nutrition, which is how I get to meet you, which is fantastic. I have to value that that's just a biggest achievement as writing a book. Me being able to meditate every day and do gratitude and journaling, I have to value them as just as important on my to-do list. So I actually have to put them on my to-do list, like prepare food. Because without doing all of that, I can't go and write the books and get on stages every week and speak to a thousand people here and a thousand people there if I haven't done that base work, if you know what I mean. So when you can see that I've got three values that sit in the pot, when opportunities come towards me, it's very easy. Is it going to add to my health, my family and my sense of achievement or is it actually going to take away because if it's going to take away, my answer is very clearly no. Mm. And I'm a really good Jomo now, joy of missing out. I'm <laughs> really good at saying no to protect the asset. Yeah. 
because the cost is too great. Mm. So I won't go to that party or I won't go to the footy club every Friday night, you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> it does not add. And, and also it allows you to say no to some work. So sometimes we get really great opportunities with work to go and speak at a big conference, etc. But if I've already done a few that week, it actually takes my health away. It really depletes me. So sometimes I actually find myself saying no because I'm like, this is going to tip my family over or my kids aren't going to be happy if I go again. And is it really worth it just for that extra bit of money? Not really. So it's very easy to say no and to protect. I have to protect my energy because when you live with chronic fatigue, it's all about energy exchange. Mm. So it's easy then for me to say no. It is, but I think that you've obviously learnt that skill over time. Like I love, mm -hmm. I just want to sort of pull apart some of the key points. I mean, it's all incredible, but I love that you actually put the jobs like preparing food on your list because, you know, I know firsthand how important it is to eat well, but it's not everyone else's priority. And I think what you've done a great job of is acknowledging the significance of that to the flow and effect as to how you live the rest of your life, you know, rather than it just being like, oh, it's so annoying to make that frittata on a Sunday, you've been able to extrapolate the benefits of that to other areas of yours that are super important, like your productivity or like you said, the way you show up for your family. And I just think that's a really important point because you can't do anything if you're, you know, not filling up your own cup and if you're not fueling your body with the right fuel. So I think for those that do like the list, that are that way um, driven, that's a really good way to approach it. Treat it like another appointment like you would with your personal trainer. Your food prep is just as important. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And my supplementation. So the reason I keep coming to see people like you and the naturopath and, and the acupuncturist, et cetera, is because they're the non-negotiables. They're the foundation that's like, I want to take my car out, but I forgot to put petrol in. You're not going to have a great ride. And if I want my car to run like a Ferrari, not like an old beat-up Datsun 120Y from the old days, I need to put the right stuff in. And to put the right stuff in, I have to carve out some time to not only shop but prepare it properly but to, to want to keep educating myself about it because... There's so much in food now as it's changed, as you know, that it doesn't, it's not sitting the same as it might have 10 years ago. So I think it's really important for people to understand that high achievers put so much time and effort into their nutrition and their education and to seeing people like yourself to get a plan, you know. So I've got a plan for winter for my food, you know, the soups, the broths, um, my supplements for the winter um, so that I can keep being the best possible version of myself. And that's, that's self-care. It's not selfish, it's self-care because you care about the asset because you want to show up for your friends and your family and everything else. It all comes down to we are what we eat at the end of the day and how important that nutrition is yeah. um, to put it in. And, and so with the coaching, we start with values and and that's a really important part. And then we go, let's get rid of the drainers. So all of the things. So I don't bring into the home 
the food that's not going to fuel the Ferrari. So there's no point me bringing the food in and then tempting myself, etc. So our our pantry, you know, my kids always say, oh, why does our pantry look so boring compared to everybody else's? And, you know, my kids do a lot of sport and I think my job is, number one, to feed them correctly and number two is to protect their sleep. So there's no technology in bedrooms. Um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's just simplifying life so that you can be the best of yourself and for all of your listeners it's about what are the simple things that you need to do that have the biggest impact and food has a very big impact and I think it's really should be top of the list so we look at the drainers and we get rid of some of the drainers and then we go into what's your vision and we do a 20-year plan which sounds crazy so mine goes to when I'm 70 and I work backwards. What would my 70-year-old self be saying to me today? What should I be eating today to support my 70-year-old self? What movement should I be doing today to support my 70-year-old self? If I want to be tying my shoelaces and doing headstands at 70, I need to be doing headstands today. So I need to be going to yoga today, <laughs> not starting at 70. And what supplements do I need to make sure that my older body is, is in its best state possible? So taking some time to put nutrition into your goals mix is non-negotiable for longevity because without our health, we won't be doing all the hobbies and travelling around and hiking around the world if we haven't protected the asset, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. And I 100% agree. I think for some of our listeners, it will be a matter of, you know, preaching to the choir as the saying goes. But for a lot of people, it will be, I think, you know, quite a reality check that that's what's missing from their life. Like I know you're really big on the foundations and that's what I do. Like I spend a lot of time, especially when I first start working with someone, looking for what foundations they're not doing and, and building that that foundation because as I always say you don't build a house from the roof and I think it's probably the same in in your area of work exactly the same so I I then we break it down to where do you want to be in three years time so if you just write your age down in three years time or you think about it now how old you'll be in three years time Steph would be just wonderful Mm -hmm. and we do it with a smile on our face and and we say okay my three-year-old self what foundations do I need to tweak now that will have the biggest impact? So just what's, that, what's one vital change in my diet that I could make that have a big impact? What's one vital change that I could make in, you know, the way that I um, set up my day that would have the biggest impact? What's one change I could make in my movement that would have the biggest impact if I did it for three years? So, you know, learning to breathe properly for me was enormous because the art of breath is directly connected to your nervous system, which dictates how I feel. Mm-hmm. So breathing and meditation became really big. Um, the, the Having an anti-inflammatory diet has become really big because that just fuels chronic fatigue um, and really learning about that with people like yourself. And it doesn't matter how much knowledge we have. As you said, we're preaching to the choir I still keep listening because we need to hear it over and over and over again because we keep getting distracted. 
So even the people that are really into nutrition and have great knowledge that you already work with, the more that they keep hearing it, the more they keep tweaking their own life, even by 1% at a time, it has a really big impact over time. Oh, absolutely. No, I think that's a really great point. And hopefully we never stop learning. I think that's something that should always be a part of the goal set because, you know, things change, not to mention we can get distracted, especially I think in this day and age, like the real food movement has been incredible, but we kind of become a bit of a magic pill society. And if there was a magic pill, I would share it. I wouldn't keep it to myself. There isn't one. Um, so it's just being reminded of those foundations. And, you know, I'd love to hear from you about, you know, back around to the values conversation. Do you think that's often a missing piece of the puzzle for someone that might be struggling with their health goals, whether it is eating an anti-inflammatory diet or being able to achieve some of the goals that they have set for themselves? Yeah, I think there's a few things that people are missing. One's values because you've never been taught them at school. Yeah. You know, if we were taught things at school, it would be much easier than, you know, maybe some of the things we had to learn about what are the real life practical life skills that we really need to learn. And that's that's why I wrote my book and put them all in there. But I think values is really important because you, it just strips everything back to the non-negotiables about your health and your well-being. And I think habits is really important too because we generally get habits from people around us and your life is a series of habits and it's a routine practice like brushing your teeth. So if you want to take apple cider vinegar for the rest of your life, it has to be, you know, on the kitchen bench so that, you know, as you're setting the table, you you have your tablespoon with a glass of water and unless we set it up like brushing your teeth, we tend to try things and feel good and then stop doing them. And I will work with a nutritionist for the rest of my life and I will work with a naturopath for the rest of my life because ages and stages, we keep changing. And as our body changes, so will what our body needs change. So we're not constantly checking in, even once a quarter, I go quarterly, I go for the next three months, this is this is what I need to eat and this is what I need to take and this is what I, how I need to move my body um, and I keep tweaking it, then we keep getting sharper and sharper and more in tune with ourselves. Part of that is that's my habit. And when we really look at our habits and remove the exposure to the bad ones and the most effective way Um, to create new good habits is to join a culture or find people who are like-minded because you become the same. So if I want to go to yoga, I've got yoga friends because they keep saying to me, let's keep going. So you you become your habit, if that makes sense. And for all the people with nutrition, it's about constantly being in a culture and environment where nutrition is really important to the people you're around because that keeps helping you grow in that area instead of hanging out with people that have no interest in nutrition or respect of it. So habits is a really important part too that we're not taught at school so we don't really understand how they work and how to habit stack which means building habits upon other habits. So yes, you go... um, And, you know, for me, I've got my apple cider vinegar in the bathroom, so I get up and I exercise. And when I get back, I have my shower. I've got apple cider vinegar on the bench there in the glass. And, 
you know, I can do some oil pulling in the shower and I, so it's, all, it's all sort of lined up. So I, it's a habit. Whereas I think a lot of people forget that, you know, if it's not structured correctly, it falls over really quickly. Mm. Yeah. As soon as life gets in the way, you stop preparing your food. So Sunday afternoon for me, or mostly on a Sunday, you know, that's when I'm making the soups and chopping the veggies and preparing things. So I start the week on my best foot forward. Yep, I completely agree. I think it is forming a habit. Like I always use the teeth brushing analogy and I say to my clients, like, why do you brush your teeth before bed every night? Like you practice that from a very young age, day in, day out, that now it occurs subconsciously. And I believe that we can do anything um, daily with enough practice, you know, like you have set up the habits that then become something that you do every day without fail um, because of the practice of that habit in the first instance. Yeah, and you need to be connected to the habit. So we brush our teeth because we don't want our teeth to turn brown and fall out. So I want to have the apple cider vinegar to make sure that the right um, acid mix is in my stomach so I can digest food better and get more energy from food. So for me, it's about energy. How can I get the most energy out of what I'm putting in my mouth? And when you're connected to why you're doing it, then it's much easier to do it. Yeah, for sure. Tell me more about this book you've been mentioning. I haven't read it yet, but I'd love for you to share a little bit more about, yeah, some of your work. Yeah, so I I wrote the life plan um, because I felt, number one, we're not taught it at school. Number two, um, all the self-help books, you know, are so boring to pick up because you open them and you have to read, you know, 600 pages on habits. So I get to page, you know, 200 and I think I can't read any more about habits. So I wanted it to be like a cookbook for life skills. And my brief to Penguin uh, was I, I want like the Donna Hay beautiful looking cookbook, but I want it to be life and wellness skills to support people for the rest of their life that they wouldn't put in the cupboard. It was so beautiful. They have to keep it out. So we, we got an incredible photographer to come in and we have produce the most beautiful book it's called the life plan and it's in all kiki k stores um and it's online and at dimmicks etc but kiki k have been the biggest supporter and they want to get it to all young women especially but it really is a tapas menu of life and wellness skills so you can open the chapter and it will take you on a whole journey of your life and how to build a life plan and go through what are the fundamental non-negotiable skills that we need to master for the rest of our life. Wow, that sounds so incredible. I can't wait to check it out. And we'll obviously put links in the show notes for those that want to learn more. Now tell me, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you do in your life coaching sessions beyond what you've already shared with us around goals and habits. Yeah, we do. Look, we do a lot on time management and how you manage time effectively. So you get the results that you want. So there's a lot of strategy and structure there. We talk about you know, responsibility versus blame. We talk about commitment versus trying and we talk about money and relationships. We go through your entire life basically and we always end with a big vision piece about 
So where are we driving to? Where's the roadmap? What does it look like? And a lot of people, we end up doing a big vision board actually, which I get really excited about because I like visual. And so on the vision board is, you know, who you want to be, the feelings that you want, the words that are important to you, your values are up there. So you see them every single day. But on my vision board too is actually nutrition because I think that is such a big part of the mix. So you can have your holiday in your car and relationship and kids and all these wonderful things up there. But at the foundation of that is actually your nutrition. So I've got the kind of food up there that I really need to be focusing on. So when I go to make a choice, I can see it. It's already implanted in my brain. So when I'm out at a restaurant or out shopping, I already I can see. I've got a visual of all the kinds of foods that work for me and it's much easier for me to make great choices because I have a visual, if that makes sense. It does. I think that's another missing piece. Like, again, you know, all the strategies we've spoken about, um, it, they're very easy to forget in the business of life, whereas if there's that daily reminder, especially not having to go like through your phone or through an email or back into social media and the distractions that we are faced with each day, I think, yeah, being able to see that every day is such a beautiful reminder of what your priorities are and helping you to shape your decisions around those values. Absolutely, because when we write things down and we put them on the phone or whatever, we're not seeing them all the time and it doesn't look pretty. It just looks like a tick list. So the brain is actually not truly inspired because it hasn't got a great visual. And when we create a great visual it's really easy to get excited, you know, when you've got your smoothies up there and, and your broths and my green, all my green things everywhere. I just kept, I keep going green, let's go more green, more green. And it's just easy because it's already implanted in the brain, if that makes sense. <clears throat> and around that are the goals and, you know, the people doing the headstands and all the things that excite me. Um, there's also a picture up there of a lady with no teeth, an old greek lady with a basket of tomatoes which is really funny and you can probably visual you know she's laughing her face is full of wrinkles and she reminds me to keep my life simple Mm -hmm. and not to take it too seriously that it becomes stressful so there's a point where we can get really inspired and motivated and committed that it becomes toxic as well so we need to remember that, you know, 90, 10, 80, 20 type rule where I go, well, sometimes, you know, it's just not going to be perfect. It's not all going to work out exactly how I wanted it to be. So I think vision boards um, are amazing. And I've just got a big old cork board from Officeworks. And every time I see a picture I love, I put it up there. And the whole story has been created for my brain, a whole roadmap. It's sort of like we're going to drive from Melbourne to Sydney and all the, I've put up a list of all the sites along the way as well as the Sydney Harbour Bridge. So my brain is already excited and looking for them and, and dreaming about them and, and being inspired by them because I can see them. Whereas if I just said we're going Melbourne, Sydney and you did not, none of that work, it sort of just gets put in the drawer doesn't mean anything we're not connected to it yeah i love it so cool 
Tell yeah. me more about um, your online home and where our listeners can learn more about not only the life plan, your incredible book, but more about the work that you do. And I know you do um, face-to-face, but also um, seminars. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, so it's shannakennedy.com is my website. And it's really, you know, my, my main business is one-on-one coaching because that's my passion and I love it and I've been doing it for 20 years and I feel like I'm just beginning. I love it so much. So that's that's the main core where I coach people all over the world. So if they don't live in Bayside, a lot of it is done via phone, which is so wonderful and we have unlimited emailing in between to support the journey and then there's the seminars which you know we just spoke at Superbloom. I have another business with another um, coach and we're called the essentialists and we do a lot of corporate training on health and wellness and run a masterclass in there and then there's the books there's the life plan which is my baby I love it um, and I think it's really informative and it helps you create your own life plan And then I've written um, three other books which are full of skills, which is Chaos to Calm, um, Shine and Restore. And Restore has just come out and that's about self-care rituals to reclaim your energy because we've forgotten all of the little things that we do that make us feel great and refuel us. Some are food-related but a lot are not, you know, learning how to breathe and having the rituals of lighting a candle or planning your holiday or, or drawing something, all of those ideas are in there to re- reignite the brain and, and give it some energy, which is really great. And Instagram is just Shanna Kennedy. Incredible. I can't wait to check out more. Um, and I have seen your book, Restore. I think that's another one on my list. I've got lots of books I want to read. But um, again, I'll pop all the details in the show notes for those tuning in. Thank you for your time today, Shanna. It was so great to have you on the show. Wonderful to share and to chat to you. And, you know, I think nutrition for me personally is for the rest of my life, it's going to keep changing with ages and stages. And I think really having a nutritionist as part of my team is non-negotiable for me being able to be the best version in every decade of my life. I love that. I absolutely love Thank that you, you check in quarterly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The life plan is so important. Yeah, wonderful. Thanks for having me today. Thanks again. Thank you so much for listening, team. Make sure you dive into the show notes over at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, before you go, can I ask you a favor? I'd be so grateful if you would leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I personally read every review and comment and love hearing your aha moments and takeaways from each episode. Together, we can continue to spread the real food love. See you next time on The Real Food Real. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Boston Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.